0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Take Charge Academy. Unfortunately, this is going to be the last episode, but we have amazing news for you. Officially, the Take Charge Academy has been launched. Feel free to click on the website, see the schedule, book it for yourself, and join us in the academy. Dr. Anand, welcome back. Well, it's
1: good to be back. We took a little break in midnight, yeah, it's but been it's been a while. To be back. It's been I'm been excited a while. personally about the academy. I same a massive difference.
0: Already, so I've been getting tons of messages in my Instagram. I want to join, how to do all of the stuff. Yeah, good. Uh,
1: the field right. has been so, the field has been absolutely because I've been getting a lot of requests also, and I've been telling them the same thing come and be part of the academy, take charge of your life, and so you can own your results, and it, it will 10x the pleasure that you get when you achieve those things so the academy is going to do exactly 100% doctor from the discussion i just want you
0: to kind of like give us an idea how would the calendar or the day of a successful real, broker,
1: uh, real estate broker looks like okay the uh, a successful broker his day actually starts the previous evening you don't want to be coming into the office in the morning. You are not carrying a clear, you don't have the clarity yet what you plan to do. So you cannot start your day with a sense of purpose. From my experience, it is at the end of the previous day that you sit down with your paper or your uh, tab, whatever you're using, but you need to plan out your entire day. You have the 6, 8, 10 hours that you're going to work the next day. You need them to be filled with pay time activity. The human mind works in a very uh, unique way. Our subconscious mind is where everything happens. All our fears, our beliefs, our successes, our programmings happen in the subconscious mind. When we go to sleep, our conscious mind shuts off for a good six to eight hours. Our mind stops, but the subconscious mind is constantly working. What we want to do is put into our subconscious mind from the previous evening itself. What are the things I want to achieve in the following day? Now, even as we sleep, the subconscious mind is actually processing all that information and creating energy levels within us that when we wake up in the morning, you wake up energized and your mind is already focused on what you want to achieve. So you get out of bed focused, you're driving into work and you're already focused. You will hit the ground running. You don't want to be waking up not knowing what you want to do during the day, driving without a clue how your day is going to look. And then you shape and form the day when you come into work. That's not how the successful people work. When they get out of the elevators and they're at their desk, they know exactly what they have to do the very first thing. So that's the first thing. It will then shape your attitude towards what you do during the day. I think a successful broker, their day starts early and it starts with discipline. Where people who cannot respect time and who cannot come in early are actually telling themselves that I don't appreciate my own life. Those early hours that you have are the best time for you to clear your desk of any backlog, the admin that you need to do, any paperwork preparation for your day, because there's no one in the office at that time. It's probably too early for you to be getting in contact with your clients. So push all your non time activities into those early hours. Finish it, because psychologically, for most brokers, Admin activities are not something that excites them. So they tend to avoid them and push them later during the day. So that when you are actually having to talk to clients, get onto the phone, generate your leads, you're doing your paperwork. That is non-paytime activity. So push those into the early hours, finish it, get that off your head. You don't want it lingering at the back. This allows you then to free up your time to actually engage in paytime activity. Now, what is the paytime activity? It is the lead generation it is the picking up of the phone and connecting with the clients it is actually going out and conducting the viewings meeting with clients and closing deals that's what you want to be doing during the day 10 reduce your breaks reduce your lunch 10 a working lunch is enough this is not your weekend it is a weekday the successful brokers you won't find them chilling in a restaurant spending 90 minutes over a lunch because that 90 minutes over lunch is 90 minutes away from making money. So you need, I would say a half hour lunch break is more than enough. You have the evening where you can relax. You don't need to relax during the day. Once I get into relaxing mode, the rest of my afternoon is lethargic. I get rusty and I'm not back with impact. The other thing successful brokers do is they have mapped out their pay activity for the day and broken it by the hour. This keeps me on track. If I know I have to make, my plan is let's say to make 70 phone calls during the day. I know on an average how many calls I need to be making every single hour. But it's not about the hours. I then have to look at the most productive hours during my day for the calls. And I funnel all the calls into those two to three hours. I will not do anything else during those two to three hours. I want to increase the ROI on my effort. Successful brokers also don't spend their time gossiping in the office. Negative energy participation is something that they do not encourage. So you wouldn't see them hanging around the water coolers, downstairs, having cigarettes all day. Uh, You will actually see them putting their energy into what really matters. They're very evaluative in what they do. They're constantly learning. Every phone call, every meeting, they reflect. What went wrong? What really worked for me? Did I get my plan A outcome? Did I get my plan B outcome? Uh. They already know by the end of the day, if they are not on track, what they should be doing, and that helps them for the planning for the next day. So you plan, you bring the right attitude, you focus on the pay time activity, you stay away from the negativity and the disruptions during the day, and you funnel and focus your p time activities into the most relevant hours during the day. And at the end of the day, you're going to go home successful.
0: Doctor, uh, following on what you said, there is a case that I used to go through it. And now I know lots of people go through it. It's like once they reach the office, you always have this group of agents that literally has nothing to do. And they just want to come over. And talk about the most meaningless conversations and tell you about how their last night was. How to avoid them without looking that you are, I don't know, like uh, mean or you, you're egocentric or whatever that is. Like, how to avoid them in the most polite way?
1: All right, okay. Before I tell you how to avoid them, I think we have to embrace one fact we're never going to keep everybody happy. And as long as you're making the money and as long as you're hitting the big numbers, you're going to have more people questioning you and talking behind your back. That comes along with the success. Now, I have a choice. Either I make these people happy and I accommodate them, in which case I cannot be complaining when I begin to show rust in my own approach. So yes, as far as possible, you want to deflect these people from you. I found what works usually when people will come up to me straight away. Uh, I generally swing the conversation within the first couple of minutes to, I would say, so Anthony, what's your game plan for today? How are you planning to make your money today? Once you start talking about a few focused things like that, they don't like those conversations. You see, because they have no intent to do that. They slowly start to walk away from you. So I might have come and spoken to you today. I might do it tomorrow. I'll stop after that. Because I know you're going to ask me every day, so what is your game plan for today? How many meetings do you have planned for today? Those sort of things. So where are you on track with your goals as far as this week? on okay, Yes, they don't like it. Now, you're going to look good because the questions are of genuine value. Because if they could give you the answers, they're going to turn their lives around. But when they realize that they don't have these, these people would avoid someone who would be asking them these questions. They're for you. I mean, they're not going to be around for you anymore. Mm. They'll find the others who are willing to listen to their gossips and who are sitting in the same boat. They feed off the energy from each other. Having said all of this, you could be the nicest guy in town. But as long as you're making, hitting your numbers, you are always going to have people talking behind your back. Because most people lack the courage to actually tell themselves that they are not doing what needs to be done. So they look to find and surround themselves by people who justify to them their average performance and they find the comfort in that. When you start asking specific questions about action plans, uh, target-related achievements for the day, You're not that kind of person and what's naturally going to happen is that they're going to start avoiding you straight away. And that is exactly what you want, don't you? Yes, 100%. Like we're
0: here to work, I don't know, all of the meaningless conversation can be in the evening. Also, if you want to share it, but regardless, when you're coming to the office to spend 10-12 hours, make sure to maximize it, be productive as much as possible. End of the day, you don't have any salary your income is coming from the sales and make sure to maximize it and
1: to double it and triple it as much as possible. You know, actually, some of these men should become talk show hosts. I mean, they run at the mouth so smoothly and so naturally. So they should actually get into a talk show and host one of those (laughs) things and leave the senior business of real estate to people like us. 100%. 100 percent,
0: doctor. From uh, your point of view, and you are dealing with brokers on a daily basis. What areas you think they can, the brokers can change, can amplify, can can make it
1: better? Okay, there's one area which I see standing out with almost all the brokers I meet. Uh, it's an area that they need to focus on, but I don't see them focusing on it. Most of the brokers are trying to learn the right technique, they want to learn the right approach, which is good. But they are, trying to, they are focusing on doing things right. However, the successful brokers, the people who are really getting the best results, do it differently. Focusing on doing things right is trying to be efficient in what you do. However, the effective people are the ones who focus on doing the right things and then doing those things right. Now what's the difference in the two? When I'm focusing on doing things right, I'm not looking at the impact of what I'm doing. I'm just looking at being correct and accurate in my approach in what I do. However, the effectiveness approach is focusing on impact. You do the right things and then you do those things right. So let me put this in context of a story and we look at how it applies to an individual broker, to a brokerage or a company or the leadership. There's a famous story of the goose that lays the golden egg. So you have the farmer who has a goose, he's down on his luck, extremely poor, doesn't even know how he's going to eat the next day. One day he goes in and he sees that his goose has laid a golden egg. Now the farmer gets super excited, takes the egg, sells it in the market and makes a lot of money quickly. No effort at all, he just landed upon this uh, golden egg and he made money. Goes back the second day, he finds another golden egg. Now the farmer gets rich very quickly and he gets greedy very quickly as well. So he wants all the gold, so what does he do? He takes a knife, he slices open the belly of the goose, pushes his hand inside, and he gets nothing. Now, what does this story tell us about effectiveness? You see, effectiveness focuses on two things. Production capability, which is the health of the moose. I need the goose to be alive and producing consistently. That is the production capability. And performance excellence, the results which I want to get, the golden eggs. So it's about two things. It's the health of the goose, and it's the golden eggs. Now, let's put that into your life and my life to understand it better and then put it in business context. So let's say you're driving a car and you're a very busy guy. You go from point A to point B and then from point C to point D and you keep driving. You keep pushing the car every day, every weekend, but you don't service the car. You don't tune it up. You don't get the oil filters changed. You just keep pushing and pushing the car because you want to go from point A to point B. You're going for the results, the golden egg. But what is going to happen to the car? The car is going to collapse. The goose will die. Once the goose dies, there's no more production capability. So effectiveness is taking care of my car so that it gives me the best possible returns for a longer period of time. Now, if I had to bring it into us as individuals, Let's say you work 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day, you go out, you party, you drink, you sleep very little, you don't go to the gym, there's no healthy eating lifestyle. What do you think is going to happen? We're going for the golden eggs. I want to have fun, I want to make my money, I want to be out there, but you're not taking care of the health of the goose. The goose will die. So that is not being effective. I have to take care of my production capability so that I can consistently generate the golden eggs going forward. In a business environment, I think this is what the brokers also should be focusing on. What is your production capability? How well do you sleep? How well are you rested? How quickly are you learning the correct kind of information that will actually have impact? How much are you in tune with what are the new trends in the market? What is the selling approaches you use every day? How do you make your daily plans Your production capability needs investment. Today, companies are driving their people. They want them to work, getting them to stay beyond work hours, working into the weekends with no concern for the person or the family, but no training, no investment, no appreciation in the people. What's going to happen? I'm going for the golden eggs. Your goose is going to die. Take care of your people, take care of the, of the production capability and then you can ensure that you'll get golden eggs long term. So as a broker, my advice to them would be is how are you managing your production capability? Manage your production capability, the golden eggs are yours consistently. Doctor, with everything happening in the region, like in
0: the GCC region and we are seeing the, the rise of the region and the rise of different countries uh, especially with this mega uh, Saudi KSA coming in town and giving all of these opportunities to everyone, how do you see the cycle on of investments, would you think this is going to be affecting the investments in the world or you think it's going to maintain and
1: there is massive share for everyone? Tell us more about your thoughts regarding this topic. Okay. What I love about Dubai is the vision that this city has had. Mm. When when Dubai came up with the vision to become what it is now, there was no shortage of opportunity for any of the other countries or larger cities in this region. The difference, in fact, most of the cities have got more political power, they have more financial power, they have more oil power as well. But Dubai without having all of that, went from a tiny desert village into becoming one of the best cities in the world. It was in the leadership thinking. Now, the leadership of the city always understood any good model, successful model is going to get copied. So no city believes that it's going to create a model that is going to stand unique forever and not get duplicated. So somewhere, for example, Abu Dhabi started many years later, but they are also now starting to see the benefit, the fruit of how they have yeah. their vision. Saudi is doing the same thing. And it is great for us because I don't believe in a city like Dubai, we've ever been intimidated by our neighbors becoming aggressive and creative and visionary. In fact, we would take it as a sense of pride that what we have done and the kind of attention we brought into this region has catalyzed and changed the thinking of our neighbors to go to the next level. But looking at how this city has been governed and the way it has made its plans, all of this has been factored in as well we expect competition we expect it to be intense we've got our plans which all will be released one step at a time and this is good because it keeps us on our toes to always stay two to three steps ahead and to have that edge we don't get complacent because of what we have achieved so overall this region is going to become a very powerful region economically to challenge some of the more established regions in the world and that I think is very good one for a balance of power two for creating of opportunities three to attract more of the wealth and the migration of people into this part of the world geographically if you look temperature wise it is one of the more hostile regions in the world But it has not stopped anyone from coming into our city. And as the region begins to develop, this flow and benefit is going to cross borders and it's going to benefit everybody. Look at Qatar, what happened at the World Cup. Dubai benefited from it. So regionally, when one area starts to evolve and develop, the effects are never contained in that area. There is a ripple effect going forward. We should be excited about what's happening. We know who we are. We know Brand Dubai. We are always going to surprise people. We always want to come out with the next level project. That's our focus today. We are not worried about what TSA is going to do or somebody else is going to do. We are more concerned about what we are going to do. and We absolutely believe we've got everything in place to get to being one of the best cities in the world. What happened to the mindset
0: of the previous prospects that they were looking for half a year, year and now we see them coming into the market so aggressively and they just want to park the
1: money and do this investment. What happened in this period that ticked this people? I think there were two to three things which you could immediately point out. The first was when COVID impacted the entire world. There is no country. Israel was excellent in how they handled it, but economically they never positioned and opened the doors to create to take advantage of the opportunity. Dubai, on the other the UAE, on the other hand, firstly the way we handled COVID sent a clear message to the world. Okay, here was a country where the government took care of everybody, not just their citizens, everyone mattered. Mm. Everybody was given the same opportunity. And that's the kind of city that I want to live in. If I have to live with my family in a city today, I want to live in a city where something major happens. I know the government is going to respond. It doesn't have to be COVID. It could be a massive earthquake. It could be anything. But I know that the government here is going to step in and they will take care of my family for me that was something that really stood out compared to even the first world countries with all their technology with all the medicines at their disposal they never took care of their people the countries fell apart and a lot of people saw what we did in this region and it made people rethink where they would want to keep their families going forward secondly the economic upturn that happened for us as a result of that was where Dubai opened out and we leveraged on the opportunity. The leveraging attitude was, uh, was really uh, important with Dubai. We saw how we could leverage on the opportunity and when people were waiting for some more time, we went ahead and with open arms, we welcomed the world. That was one thing. Geopolitical situations like the war in Ukraine with Russia also helped us because it channeled a lot of investments coming into this part of the world. Couple that with all the initiatives by the government that have been, and there are so many, many initiatives to talk about. Everything suggested that this is the place you had to be, because this is the going to be the future of the world. And that is the reason why more and more people are migrating. If you look at the millionaire migration index, the highest concentration of millionaires are migrating into the Dubai market. Now, these are people, we have to understand who's coming. They have the money. They can go anywhere in the world. They want the best lifestyle for their family. So having the money, having the ability to go anywhere in the world, wanting the best for their families and opportunities to start their businesses again, they're all picking Dubai. I think the message is very clear to the world. We don't have to sell the idea to an investor that he needs to be here. The world is telling these people that you have to be in Dubai.
0: And you just answered my next question. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, like, always you see like a category of investors that they will tell you uh, i prefer to invest in the uk it's the most mature market others will tell you new york others will tell you paris others will tell you sydney but now i'm starting seeing a huge chunk of these investors they are thinking differently they were like maybe it's the time to put our money in dubai maybe it's not too late yet and the inquiries are coming very heavily and the the entry of the market is coming every really. day. These are guys looking at 10, 20 million as a start. They're testing the water with 20 million. So uh, also I wanted to ask you like, what do you think that like, changed their minds? Is it seeing how the other part of the world is failing miserably by, by keeping up their economy or keeping up with the safety of these cities or even seeing this returns? Because we see in these places, the returns are 1, 2% on a great day. Uh, also,
1: this will be taxed again, so is it a mix of everything? Look, all of that is definitely a, a huge contributing factor. But I think there's something else as well. Dubai has been seen as an emerging city and it is on its way to becoming one of the best. But Dubai was still not being put on the same footing or level as a London or a New York or a Mumbai. And But you have to understand, London is a 2,000-year-old city. Most of the other cities that we're talking of, the Mumbai's, the New York's, are 400 plus years old. They've had all those, Singapore 75 years as a city. Mm-hmm. And it took these cities so long to develop their brand image, to develop the quality of lifestyle that they currently possess, and to leave their mark on the financial, social, and economic world. However, Dubai did it in 25 years. In 25 years, we are competing with the best in the world in terms of lifestyle, opportunity, Business, uh, artificial intelligence, healthcare, leisure, tourism, uh, quality of lifestyle, security, safety, stability, everything. So that is what has actually made the people come in here. However, the real estate market in Dubai has actually now gone to the next level. Since we are now aiming to be one of the best cities in the world and the world out there, the elite, the, the ultra luxurious people actually believe it and they are adding that tag to Dubai. That is the reason why we are no longer seeing people showing interest in just studios, apartments, villas. They're looking at these high-end villas. Last year alone, we had a 139% increase in the sale of villas over $10 million. Now, that is a big jump in one year to have in your market. So we now see discerning buyers, the ultra rich, the people who want an exclusive lifestyle now starting to compare Dubai and even choose it over the New Yorks and the Sydney's and the Miami's of the world. And you, we will see this going forward. So while there is the volume in the market, the value and the exclusivity is becoming more and more in-focused. The branding that's coming out, the global international brands, recognized brands, partnering with uh, with Dubai developers. You do have these in other cities, but I haven't seen that volume of globally recognized fashion brands, car brands, exclusive jewelry, diamond brands, watch brands, partnering with real estate developers in those countries where they're all choosing to do it in Dubai. That is a very clear indicator that the elite lifestyle luxury is partnering with Dubai today. So this is the place for the future. And that's
0: about it for our episode today. Dr. Anand and myself are extremely... Uh, happy and excited to be seeing all of you and the academy. Below are the credentials, the website. Feel free to have a look at it. To reach out if you have any questions, and we are officially started. Doctor, you want to say anything for
1: the audience? Well, uh, if you think that these podcasts have added value to you, if it has helped shape your thinking, your planning, and your preparation in the last few episodes that we have done, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Join us in the academy. Because that's where we are going to reveal all our secrets, what made us who we are and why today real estate is the launch platform for you to take you to the next level of your life. So don't miss out. We want to see you in the academy. Make sure that you register because very limited seating and the room at the top is limited. So make sure you grab your position today. Looking
0: forward to see all of you soon. Thank you for watching this episode.